Jesus' statement that he is the way, the truth, and the life is another in a long line of bold claims that Jesus makes about himself. And given the context of, of the conversation in which he makes that claim, the last two parts of that statement seem to be supportive of the first part. In other words, Jesus is seemingly saying something like, I am the way because I am the truth and the life. Jesus is both the truth of God and the life of God revealed in the flesh. And as he will tell his disciples just a couple of verses later, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. And so Jesus is the way to the Father. And his identity as both truth and life are held up as evidences of that reality. Now, there's an obvious connection between this statement and the statement we looked at last week, where Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The same imagery or, or term of life is used in each statement. But I also think there are some similarities between this statement and an earlier I am statement, in which Jesus declared that he was the gate or the door. As with that statement, I think we sometimes use this statement as a proof text of sorts to, to define the exclusive nature of access to God. Almost as if to say, Jesus is the way, not whoever or whatever you believe in. And again, as I said during the lesson on the gate statement, Jesus says some pretty exclusive sounding things about himself. So much so that it's actually quite easy, I think, to see how his critics became so angry at him that they were ready to kill him. However, I think it's important to remember the context in which Jesus makes this particular statement. Jesus isn't talking to people that, that he's trying to convert to the cause. He's talking to believers who are struggling to fully comprehend and understand everything that he is preaching. Jesus is, is giving comfort and instruction to a group of men who are genuinely lost when it comes to knowing the way to God, even though they are worshiping God. And that's an important distinction, because if I view this statement as, as ammunition to expose other belief systems, then this statement has a lot to say to other people. But if I view this statement in its context, then it might have a lot to say to me as well. These men that Jesus is speaking to probably thought they knew the way before Jesus came along. In the Old Testament, the way to God was usually associated with knowing and following God's law. As the psalmist says, I run in the path of your commands, for you have broadened my understanding. Teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees, that I may follow it to the end. Give me understanding, so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. People like Paul and Thomas and, and Philip, all of whom speak up in, in various parts of this conversation in John 14, They've all grown up memorizing ancient texts and, 
and striving to obey the law as a means to walk in the way and the truth of God, to experience life in God. And then this Jesus guy comes along and and he turns their lives upside down. His message is so revolutionary and and he himself is so magnetic magnetic and polarizing that that these men have left everything they have to follow him while others are, are frantically trying to kill him. And now, well before they have a firm grasp of his total message, he tells them he's leaving and they can't follow him. They'll be able to come someday, but not right now. And as we saw earlier, that conversation leads to Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the way, not adherence to the law or correct doctrine or or living a life that checks enough boxes. Jesus, not a particular faith community or set of worship practices or political affiliation or ability to know all the right answers. Jesus. Jesus' point in telling his disciples that he is the way is to reassure his own followers who feel lost, telling them that if they already know him, they already know the way. You see, Thomas is looking for directions, for steps, for action items. He wants Jesus to give him a location that he can plug into his GPS so that he can know the way to get from here to there. But Jesus doesn't give him coordinates of a destination. Instead, he says, I am the way. Before going on to say, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Which seems like it might sort of clear things up, except it didn't really. Thomas speaks up next, saying, Lord, Show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. To which Jesus basically says, Philip, did you listen to a single word I just said? I just said that if you know me, you've seen the Father. Jesus says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? But in Philip's request, I think we get a telling glimpse into the mindset of the disciples. Like, they actually have a sense of where all of this is headed. They know the goal or the destination. The goal is to know and see the Father. What they still miss, at least at this point, is that the way to the Father is knowing Jesus. Like the disciples, we too can get caught up in in looking for paths to God that are separate from Christ himself. We also want directions and steps and processes. We probably even have our own version of just show me the Father tendencies. But Jesus doesn't give the disciples a list of steps or an easily memorized acronym. The way to God is not a series of directions. It's instead about knowing Christ and following him. Now, to be clear, that doesn't take anything away from the practices, the disciplines, and the expressions of faith that we pursue and and take on in our own lives. True and genuine knowledge of Christ and a desire for a relationship with Him propels us 
forward on the path to which Jesus is calling his followers. But it also means we cannot let other things that we might see as part of the plan for salvation supersede a relationship with Jesus. Jesus is the plan for salvation. Jesus is the list. Jesus is necessary for eternal life. Jesus is the way. And I think even we as Christians are sometimes tempted to live our lives in a way that suggests we believe something or someone besides Jesus is the way to God. But the way to the Father is Christ. And if you are are searching for a path forward in anything or anyone else, even good, godly, purposeful things, then we need to reorient ourselves to the way, the truth, and the life. At the center, the foundation, the cornerstone of our faith and life in God is the crucified and resurrected Savior of the world. And may our lives reflect the gravity of that bold claim. We're going to share in a time of of communion, meditation, and reflection as we consider in prayer, song, and thought Jesus as our way, our truth, and our life. And may our time together this morning encourage us as we go forward. May the way Jesus loved be the way that we love because he is our way. May the way that Jesus pursued the will of the Father be the way that we pursue the will of the Father, because He is our truth. And may the way that Jesus poured out His life for others be the way that we pour out our own lives, because He is our life. Through every battle, through every heartbreak, through every circumstance, I believe that you are my fortress. Oh, you are my portion. You are my hiding place. Oh, I believe you are the way, the truth, and the life.
me that I don't actually have to know the way to get anywhere I could possibly want to go. All I have to do is know the name of my destination and I can get in my car, plug the name of that place into my phone and get anywhere my car can physically take me. I can't imagine having to navigate my way through life with a fold-up map. Speaking of our phones, they've made it to where we don't really have to know phone numbers anymore either. I can remember knowing all kinds of phone numbers as a kid, whether it was Family members, Pizza Junction, or Bobby's Burgers, I knew all the important numbers. Today, I know one phone number, two if you count my own. Gun to my head, I might could tell you the phone number for the church building, but that's it. Our phones have made life convenient in many ways, but they've also taken away our need to know anything but names in many circumstances. Unfortunately, not all of life works that way. Naming the coronavirus doesn't magically cure it. Calling out instances of racism doesn't solve racism. Naming things in life is important, but it's only the beginning. We have to do something with the newfound knowledge that naming things brings. The value of naming something lies in the path forward it reveals. Naming something while being unwilling to pursue the subsequent illuminated path would be like knowing the phone number for Pizza Junction and thinking that that was enough to get a pizza delivered to your house. The name of Jesus matters. Knowing the name of Jesus and what separates him from other gods, from other entities, from other potential paths, matters. But as James tells us, even the demons know God and shudder at his name. Coming to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior not only reveals a path, it reveals him as the path, the way to a rich and full life realized by the transforming power of the Spirit. May those of us who have come to know Jesus and who have clothed ourselves with him, not 
Not be satisfied with simply knowing his name, but may we desire to pursue the path that knowing his name opens to us. Let's pray. For our closing prayer, I'll be reading Hebrews 10, 19-24 from the Good News Translation. We have then, my friends, complete freedom to go into the most holy place by means of the death of Jesus. He opened for us a new way, a living way, through the curtain, that is, through his own body. We have a great priest in charge of the house of God. So let us come near to God with a sincere heart and a sure faith, with hearts that have been purified from a guilty conscience and with bodies washed with clean water. Let us hold on firmly to the hope we profess, because we can trust God to keep his promise. Let us be concerned for one another, to help one another, to show love, and to do good. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.